Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Med Family. This is Eric Acker. Uh, I am just recording this because we're going to do a special episode this week with Gabrielle Rupert. We actually recorded this a few weeks before, back when we said we were going to go ahead and do some special episodes. So this is a little bit winding back the clock to when she took step one. And I wanted to kind of go and highlight her because she's got a very interesting backstory, a very unique way of got how she got into medical school. A little bit different than my own story, so I, I wanted to at least bring her on and have her share her story and her thoughts. Um, so I hope you do enjoy this one. Again, I, I want to appreci- uh, thank Gabrielle Rupard for taking part in this and doing this. Uh, for the probably the initial five, five, ten minutes, you're going to hear some kind of odd-sounding background noise, and that's just her dog uh, making uh, the presence known. So don't don't worry about that. This is something that the post production can't quite get rid of, but it's there. And I hope you do enjoy this episode. And thank you again, uh, Gabrielle, for being a part of this. Thanks. So this week we have Gabrielle Rupert. Rupert. Uh, I'm not always great with the last names, but she's another Trinity student, so I wanted to bring her on. And she just took step one. She nods, but you know it's a podcast. It's no video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So uh, before I get into the step one stuff, I just want to get a little bit more of a background on you. So this is as much as I, I wrote down like three points that I knew. Like you're from Texas and yes. you went to the, <laughs> the uh, Air Force Academy in Colorado. Yes, in okay. Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs, okay. And then you went to Trinity. That's about as much as uh, your background as I, as I know. And I know you have a family in Texas, a sister, I think a brother. I think that's it. There's another brother in there, but yeah. Okay, and you have two brothers, okay. <laughs> okay, so t- take me through how you, before, before you got to Trinity, what was going, like, how did you get to Trinity? The, the road to Trinity was pretty bumpy. So the, the, I guess the journey started when I went and tried to apply to the military academies and ended up just bouncing around colleges. So after... I ended up leaving the academy. I went to University of North Texas for my last semester, basically, of school to wrap that up and graduate um, while I was applying to med school. And I guess what happened was everything got squished. The timeline for a med school application supposed to be started while I was at USAFA, but because of how they do classes, you do a lot of your base classes first. So when you're supposed to be doing like organic chemistry or like more of your science-y major courses, I wasn't doing them. And so I I wasn't like, I was way behind the curve on applying and I made the horrible mistake of trying to work a full-time job while studying for the MCAT while (laughs) trying to get through actual full load of courses. Trying to be an adult and living on your own, independent. It, it was the the Air Force Academy is I guess one of the things that stand I stood out to me. Um, why did you go to the Air Force Academy? Uh, at the time, it was a the benefit was that it was a really good fit in my head of um, what I wanted to do. I wanted to you know be of service, but also in a way like it, it let me 
step away from my family and go into a new one okay. and um, sort of build a different, I guess, camaraderie. And like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a group. How is that different from the general, you know, I, I've never done Air Force Academy or anything like that. It's obviously very different than <laughs> like going to boot camp, obviously, and then going to, or you went to a four-year university. Obviously, you did do the four-year university. I also did a boot camp. <laughs> you also did a boot camp. So but how, is that, how is the Air Force Academy different? So with that, you, even if all students of the Air Force Academy are technically sworn in to the United States Air Force. Oh, okay. Um, so technically, yes, I was honorably discharged, but I am not a veteran. I have not actually served. Yeah, sure, the, sure. Basically what I've done is I have done training for two years. <laughs> That's okay. it. Oh, but like the like classes are the same. The, you go to classes. What's, what's, uh, what makes life different? At the airport. Okay. <laughs> so, no, um, okay. So, for the first summer, you go in and you do the standard, I guess, boot camp. They have a set where you have one portion, you're at the campus and you learn military um, info, you learn structure, commands, like how they want you to make your bed and all of their stuff. Sure. Like, even how you fold your socks. Um, and lots of yelling, lots of push-ups, okay. all that fun stuff. And then they have a second segment during the summer where you get to go roll around in the mud and do obstacle courses, leadership reaction courses, and like a, a final culmination test of all, all that at the end. Um, and then you're done. So it's kind of like a, it's in that sense, it is similar to a basic boot camp that other people would be doing okay. if they were going to go into the military. And this was specific more to people going to the academy. Yes. And you, people who go to the academy become officers? Yes. Okay. Um, they end up graduating as a second lieutenant in the Air Force. Okay. But it's changed because uh, now there's a Space Force. So I guess there's oh, a way that you okay. can choose. Like, I'm not entirely sure how that changed, but I guess they have now two graduating classes, which you get two different things of you have Space Force and you have the Air Force, but they come from... One school. Oh, okay. Now, when you went to these schools, were you intending to go into medicine? Or mm -hmm. was Okay, so it was... The, the goal all along was medicine. It's just that I, I liked the idea that I could rope the military field into it. And it just... it Like, the whole thing fit really well, aside from the fact that um, I have a huge fear of heights. So it just doesn't, it didn't work sure. out training-wise. <laughs> For flying and stuff like that. <laughs> heights, yeah. Okay, so you you leave the Air Force uh, Academy, you go to North Texas University. Yep. You graduate from North Texas University. Mm -hmm. You are, I think, out of sync with the cycle for medical school. Completely. So did you graduate and then go to Trinity then, or? So I graduated and actually had a whole year off okay. where I worked as a an ophthalmologist medical assistant, um, not certified of course, just but that was I was doing exactly the same thing as the certified medical assistants were doing. Oh, okay. Um, and then I worked f for a psych psychiatric clinic again, kind of a medical assistant job. But it was a more on the receptionist side, I think. You still had to do a lot of the paperwork, a lot of the billing. Um, in an outpatient clinic? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Not, so the not like an inpatient ward or anything. No, 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 okay. no. The doctor did have a pa uh, hospital, and he did, but he sent, ended up sending a lot of his patients once they got out to his outpatient clinic. Oh, okay. So we saw all sorts. Interesting. Okay, so <laughs> you, you do a year. So were you trying to get back in the cycle, or? So that, that gap year was the... 
Um, so I took the MCAT, I started the applications, that gap year is basically that waiting period of all the other applications get being put in, the supplemental applications, the interviews, um, and that's why I had to have that year. Because normally you would start applying in your junior year, but I, I started applying in what was my senior year. Oh, okay. So I'm going to take one step back to your ophthalmology assistant. Um, does ophthalmology tend to be a, better, a stronger subject for you? Whoa. Most medical students like see the eyeball and they're kind of like, it's either A, it's gross, and B, the questions are annoying. <laughs> so do you tend to do better <laughs> when you come across an ophthalmology question? I get super excited if I recognize things. My, my problem, I guess, going into the ophthalmology job was um, because my background was a little wonky with my mm. biology classes, I actually hadn't had human anatomy Okay. by the time I graduated college. And so when I was at that job, um, the doctor there was really astounded. I, I really didn't know all of the different components of the human eyeball. But you know what, like a clo now, now you know the closing of glaucoma and yes. the open angle. Oh, she was a, uh, she's a retina specialist. And so oh, okay. she, she worked with macular degeneration, uh, gl <laughs> uh, glaucoma, um, and all sorts of other um, like diabetic retinopathy and whatnot. Oh, okay. So, okay. Again, like when I, when I come across an ophthalmology question, I either have to spend a lot of time on it or I just <laughs> move past. Like, I don't know. I, I haven't been able to memorize nearly as much as I, I probably should. And so I'm glad that somebody, <laughs> um, so why did you, this is going to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to ask in a way, I don't want it to sound like it's a negative. Like, why did you choose Trinity? I mean, you obviously went, you did the MCAT, you were in cycle. Like, you, I think most people know my story is I did two cycles, took the MCAT twice, <laughs> and on, I applied both cycles, only got one interview, but you don't have to go into all that detail if you don't want to, but like, w how did you go from taking the MCATs, uh, applying to medical school, and then going to Trinity? So that, that's actually a, a good question. So coming out of the Air Force Academy, I had like I said, I had a salary in the Air Force Academy, which is okay. great. It's like my technically my first you know sort of job, <laughs> but applying that first cycle of medical school, I mean retail retail jobs or even like tutoring jobs really don't make too much, and no. so applying really used up all my savings from trying from the academy, and so I mean I had one shot, and so I I think I applied to like twenty or thirty schools or something like that. Was it all, because Texas is unique. They have their own I, I medical school system and application cycle. I had to do the Texas application. I did the DO applications. I did the Ooh. MD applications. So I had like three things going yeah. on. I did that my second cycle, and that's very expensive. It's awful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, and I did get one uh, invitation for uh, an interview. And I really, and I, I really shouldn't say this, but it's like, I'm almost positive it's because my dad has an Indian blood and voters card. Like, okay. so he is certified in a Cherokee Indian. Which, I mean, they, they, they're pretty stingy. I'm not stingy is maybe not the right word, but they're very particular about people who, mm -hmm. who are, you know, identify as Indian. Okay. And so, like, I don't want to say that's how I got an interview, but I'm almost positive that's why I got the interview because all the other students that were in my interview group had Indian background in them. Oh, a Native American background in them. And 
it was just, it was interesting. And I really wanted to, that to work, but it didn't. And so I kept getting emails from Trinity and I was like, you know what? I really can't afford another cycle, even though, <laughs> you know, the, the school that I interviewed at seemed to like me. They just wanted me to retake the MCAT again and do all this other stuff. Oh, so you would have to sit for another cycle. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my, my checkbook couldn't handle that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then you you applied to Trinity, mm -hmm. and then did you jump straight in? Like, do they have like three, four uh, open starting times, I guess? Pretty much. Oh, okay. um, I got an interview. I, I legitimately have no idea what I said during that interview, because uh, I, I, I got there way too early. I thought it was a scam the entire time, and I really did think that <laughs> Trinity was a scam, even up until I went to the island and saw the school. And so it, it's... It's quite a gamble just to show up. Some, <laughs> some island that... I mean, I don't think I've heard of St. Vincent and the Grenadines until I showed up to the island. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. And so you... Okay, you do the interview, which I'm guessing they had like a... They had like a location. Um, so you went actually in person for the interview? I did. Oh, uh, mine, mine was on video conference. So oh, it was, nice. It was different. They, they had... Um, and the reason why, I guess, it, it went towards the scam thought process, it was in a building, unidentified. It was a plain office building. No one was there. And then Miss um, Freustand was the one who... Oh, Elise. Freust, yes. Yeah. She, she was she the one... She did my interview as well. Nice. She was very nice. She, she is nice. The, the issue, though, was it's like it's one of those things where you come to a building. It's an office building. There's no lettering. There's no labels. And it's wonderful. But at the same time, it's like... <laughs> This isn't. This doesn't feel official yet. It, yeah, and then I mean, you you found the website at some point. Like, well, anyone can make a website. Exactly. And, and who do I know? <laughs> I, I I had a cousin that went to the school, so I, I I knew it was probably legitimate, but it was like it wasn't a cousin I had actually met. Like, oh. It was a cousin I. It was a cousin from my mom's brother's cousin's friend. I don't know. It's it's kind of a distant relative, so it's like I've never met this person, but they go to the school, so. <laughs> All right, so now you're um, kind of moving moving us in. So how was medical school the first two years? Before we get to step one, uh, you're gonna, I'm kind of pitching this two year in a way because I, I know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's been some hang-ups or maybe there's been some challenges in medical school. So I want to kind of give you an opportunity to talk about it, how, how uh, being on the island was. I mean, obviously we went to medical school through COVID and all that fun stuff. So I'm sure that's all played a little bit of a role. So of course, um, med school, med school, med school was unexpected. Part of, I guess my issue was getting back into the groove of, I guess being a full-time, full-time student and just having that ability to just study. Um, was there classes that you like struggled with more than others or, um, or some that you were better at that, that were more of a surprise? Pretty much all of them were very difficult just because of the nature of the questions versus the nature of the material. I hadn't really had a class before that could take information and yes, you need to know the information, but apply it in such a way that just knowing the facts of the information is not 
not enough. Oh, okay. So it's like a application. Of, right. Okay. Okay. It, it, like the heavy application base. Okay. So anatomy was okay. It's just <laughs> there was a sheer amount of stuff you had to know for anatomy. So you were you were in my term, so anatomy one, midterm. That you, was okay. Do you rem- was it okay? It was okay. Was it really? Like because like people were leaving crying from that midterm. I really don't remember, but I think it was okay. <laughs> I remember the averages being just so low, like in the like fifties or something like that, and just just being a devastating time. Like, man, I, I thought I was a good student. I thought I, I thought I was smart, and you're getting I don't know, getting like fifties in the class. And... It was it was across the board. I was getting my my butt kicked. So I, the 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 concept of me originally being a potentially bright student had already been flushed down the toilet. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, obviously. But I guess what were some highlights of your time on St. Vincent, just in general? Obviously, that's the two years of academics, but also mm-hmm. it's a tropical island, Eastern Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So there's things to be seen and do on the island. I, I did not do nearly enough things, but I only did like one trip the back way. And <laughs> one, is, one is a good, at least you did one, which is good. I think you did the like catamaran, if I remember correctly. I did and saw the various islands. I, as much as I did, I almost still wish I did more. I did get to see the volcano. Okay, before um, it blew up, so that's good. <laughs> I did get to see uh, a few waterfalls that uh, during that hike that they did. Oh, okay. Um, that was, I think, on the other side of the island. Yep. Okay. But I guess in general, that was kind of like my first time being out of the United States. So just everything was amazing. You, oh, okay. got, you got to see the goats. You got to see, like, you know, the roosters just walking around places. And Cows that walked across the road randomly. Exactly. Did you go in the H-Van? I did. You did? It was awful. Would you do it? I, mean, no, <laughs> I was no, no, going to no, say, no, would no, you no. do it again? It, <laughs> it, 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 I shouldn't say it was awful. It, it, it was good. It was, it, if you're going to go during, you know, busy hours, just... Don't be afraid to get your personal bubble invaded. That that's all, that's all and, you gotta do. And grocery do. shopping. Exactly. Uh, how you you did the grocery shopping at sunrise? I, and I didn't realize Massey's. how much I I missed some of the U.S.'s processed food. <laughs> was there something like a process? Which processed food were you? I, I was, You're generally more of a healthy person. I am, I, but I, I I do love unhealthy things like Star Crunch, like little. What is Star Crunch? It's a I think it's a little Debbie's product. It's this like circular rice cereal with chocolate and caramel, and it's like one of those things you just—it's a guilty pleasure that okay. I would eventually sometimes sure. get, and like you'd occasionally see them, and they'd sometimes throw them randomly in the refrigerated section, or they'd be just out next to all the little sweets, and it's like, all right, I'm getting a box, but it might have just been because of scarcity that I got those more often than I did. Oh, okay. And then, did you do any clubs, like dive club, or...? So I didn't do diving. I had a roommate that did diving. She had fun. But I did... No. I attempted to do the vet the vet club, VSPCA, I think. Oh, yeah, there was called. a veterinarian club, because there's, like, a whole bunch of um, stray dogs that... Yeah. And the, their thing was, like, neutering or something like yes. that, right? You gotta, you gotta make sure the population stays low. Yeah, because they, they basically were just, again packs of stray dogs that would just roam. Not being taken care of. Yeah. And, and then you don't really want them further breeding to a, right. an overpopulation. Yeah. 
Because it seemed like on St. Vincent there was, like, dogs that were guard dogs. Yes. And those were well-fed and well-taken care of. And then there were, some people had personal pets, but generally it wasn't... It didn't seem very common for people to have, like, a pet dog. They were functional. Yes, functional. There you go. Functional is a good one. But do you remember them calling them poodles a lot? No? Okay, no, that wasn't... I, I, my experience was, like, a lot of dogs were called poodles for whatever reason. Like, obviously, like, the ones I had at my house were, like, Rottweilers. Mm-hmm. And they never called them poodles. But, like, any other dog was, like, it's a poodle. I was like, okay. And I get laughed at. Like, uh, like Komold and Akil will laugh at me because, like, that doesn't... I don't know. It must, must have been people I hung out with, I, I guess. Okay, so COVID happens. You go back to Texas. I actually... Oh, went back St. Louis. to St. Louis for a bit because um, back to the family, I have, you know, three siblings and my parents and they all live under a house basically. Um, and it gets kind of chaotic and being able to study. <laughs> and, and you have to realize like n- no one in my family, like to my knowledge is a doctor. No one's gone through the schooling. No one's like, and so, so first generation, essentially. Basically. And so when I say I need to study, it's like, okay, you have eight hours. You've, you've studied hours. You're done. It's like, no, I, <laughs> I need to study. Like, no, you should hang out with us. Come on, watch this TV with us. Or, or we, we're going to go have dinner. You should come have dinner with us. You need a break. And it, I, I love them. They're well-meaning. But it's like, I really, I really do need to study. This is very difficult for me. <laughs> so so you, you up and left. Basically, <laughs> thankfully, I had someone that um, could help with roommates and apartment situations, but um, and that probably worked out better school wise just because I could get away and I could have basically the whole day to study if I needed to without feeling so bad that I was neglecting them. All right, so now, now it's the, the step one bit here. Uh, <laughs> so you took it, um, you took it the day before I took mine, so the fourth. Yep. And so, just first thoughts. How, how did they, how, how, what did you think of the test? Wow. <laughs> like, when, you, when you, you finished it up, you hit the last button, you submitted it, like, what were your first initial? <laughs> there's, there's this survey they ask you if you have oh, time, right? And, I, and then there's this, like, the, the, for, like, this information at the end or whatever. I think I stared at that screen so long, like, it, the computer went back to the Prometric baseline and it kind of took me a little bit to realize no I, I need to get up I'm done and I was like I don't know I was kind of dazed <laughs> and then of course I go outside and my boyfriend came to pick me up and I turned into an immediate like ze- energy went from zero to a hundred way too quickly I think I talked non-stop um, because I had been talking and I hadn't been doing anything but <laughs> answering questions all day <laughs> so it's did you take breaks? I, I, I was very intentional. I took every single break after every single block. Oh, okay. Because I, I have, I just get like to a point where if I get too tired, I start clicking answers and rushing through it. And I'd rather, I'd rather take the full time, take the full block, take a break, even if it's like five, 10 minutes. And sorry, remind me, step one is 280. 280. Questions? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Seven blocks of 40. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so did you did you leave with confidence? Did you feel like you did super well? I... I mean, this is the first... Um, I did it during the scored. So the three-digit score was our... Right. 
and you're in the pass fail group. Right. So. I want to say it went okay. <laughs> it's just one of those things where during my practice tests, you get different, different environment, different mentality. Uh, I would still finish way too early. And during the practice tests, I'd have loads of time. Like, oh, so you go through the questions fast. Unfortunately, which is not good. That means I'm not thinking through them enough. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, and so during during the actual test, like I kind of freaked out because the first, I think, four blocks, I almost ran out of time. Like I had maybe a minute left. Okay. Uh, to re review questions that I need to look at and. It really stressed me out. I was like, this isn't my normal issue. I've never had issues with timing before. Okay. Did you go back and look up questions after you left? No, 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 no. 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 So you're not, you're yeah. not like, oh, I remember this one question you type in. You, don't, no. you didn't Google anything. Okay, so I normally have the excuse of saying I have testing amnesia. And I can honestly say, like, if you ask me anything right now, I could honestly say I don't remember anything about that test. Okay. But the day, <laughs> the, the day, the day of, and the day after, like I had amazing memory of like oh, I, I had questions about this, I had questions about this, I had questions about this. This is like crazy. Like I just looked at this information not too long ago. Like so, parts of it made me feel really good. Like I'm pretty sure I knew this. Okay, so it was like I remember being tested on this topic and I knew what that was. Or like I watched a YouTube video about this and it's like, oh, it came up on the test. Okay, well, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> Usually my, my, my bit of testing is like I remember the questions that I struggled with the most and then I Google them and I'm like, I got it wrong. No, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> I, 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 I kept hearing advice about how if... If you're done, you're done. Don't don't look up wrongs. Don't look up rights because it's just gonna stress you out. And you don't like. I still. So you're not stressed at all. I'm I'm horribly stressed. But <laughs> but the the thought process is you can't be you can't outwardly seek stressors. So you're, I'm not gonna go out and see like oh my goodness I did get a question wrong. Oh my goodness I got. So like, you're not three like surfing Reddit wrong. or anything no, like that. No, okay. No, no. I am I am still eagerly waiting my test score, but I, I am not going out of my way to find anything step related. Did did you have you done the permit trick? I've I've looked uh so I, because I drove yesterday, I have not looked at it today. When you last I looked should've. at it, was it did it disappear? No. I when I clicked on it, it said it was unavailable, but the link itself was there. Oh, okay. Which made me sad. But I, I did hear from a reasonable source that they're potentially a month behind, which I'm really hoping they're not. Because you're hoping to start the September 5th? Correct. Okay. I mean, I just, because I don't, I just want to keep moving. And at this point, if I start later, then I'm probably not, like, it's going to delay everything and um, it'll be another year. Okay. So how, how did you end up studying for step one? Questions, questions, questions. How uh, how much time? When when like how much did you take? Like six weeks to do it, three months. So, I ended up doing the whole CBSC studying, um, twice. So I pretty much studied for a good part of like six months. Is it? That sounds about right. For CBSE. And so after that six months, I was brain dead. <laughs> and so I, I actually took, I think, a week and I did absolutely nothing. Okay. And then when I came back, I technically had 
I want to say two months. Okay. But, but, but I'm going to say a big but. The focus studying really didn't happen until a month out. Just because I didn't have a date yet. And until I had that date, it was very loosey-goosey with studying. Okay. I, so w once you had the date, I mean, this is more of a granular, like, what was your study schedule, like, day-to-day? -day, as much as you, I mean, without going into, like... It, actually, it wasn't, it was pretty rigid in the sense of, like, the approximations. Woke up around 6, nothing too crazy. Uh, <laughs> worked out, <laughs> ate food. Usually started studying around eight or nine, um, and did questions and if needed to reviewed notes or materials like, you know, videos or whatnot. Okay. So how many questions? On a good day, 120. 120. And on an average day, anywhere between like 80 okay. or like 40. Timed, untimed, tutor mode, not tutor mode? Definitely untimed because, like I said, I never really had any issues. My issues was sitting there and actually look, thinking through the questions and okay. taking the time to actually, like, have that thought process of why these questions, why these answers are, you know, wrong or why this answer is correct or why don't I know this and stuff like that. Okay, so then um, what resources? So I'm guessing New World? UWorld was a big one. Um, I ended up at the end using first aid more so as like a like go over again, just because it was a lot more of a condensed um, book of stuff. So, so is it the book or the USMLE RX? No, the book. The book, okay. Um, so I had UWorld, the book of first aid. Um, I used so many different things, but I think I ended up at the end mostly reviewing UWorld and First Aid. Okay. Uh, and Pathoma. You mentioned videos. Yes. Which? Um, there is, there's Sketchy, there's Past Program, there's um, Dirty Medicine. Okay. Um, there's just a lot, which is partly why the whole Lucy Goosey at the beginning, because... I will fell back into the bad habit of I'm just going to watch a ton of videos because I obviously need more content review, but it's like, that's not. Yeah. It's hard to know when to switch from constant content review because there are going to be advice. There's a advisor that we have in, in cores that will say, uh, we're not good test takers just because by our, the nature of our, uh, where, where we ended up in medical school and that we need to learn content more. And so it's, it's hard to switch from content to just doing questions. Mm -hmm. And because I, I, I was, I'm probably in the same boat in fifth term where I was like, I spent probably half of my fifth term, which is when we take the CBSE. And I just spent a lot of time just watching videos. And at some point I was like, I probably need to do questions. Well, cause you, you just, you're not, you're not confident cause there's just so much you have to know. Right, right. And, and if you didn't get that solid baseline, or at least you didn't feel like you got that solid baseline, then just the review process is uh, it's a lot. So if you, and this is going to be tricky because you, you seem to have, you had that test taking amnesia. Um, <laughs> if you were going to advise somebody to how to study, what to focus on for step one, would, so this can be like, do exactly what I did. Or this well, can be like... Don't do necessarily do exactly what I did. Um, <laughs> because you could easily 
you know, split it up with videos and questions and reading or maybe you do really well with literally, I, I read that people literally just studied based off questions. They didn't do anything else except questions. And then it's just like, I don't know how you would do that, but it worked for them. So. Yeah, if, you, if you read the explanations and, <laughs> and, you, and you just study the, study the... That doesn't stick. <laughs> it does really, it does really well, especially when you, when you get a, a question wrong and like... 80% of people got the question right, mm. then it sticks real fast. Like, <laughs> how did I pick the, like, the one that only 1% of people have picked? Like, where did I go wrong? I, I guess, I guess studying-wise, just get a good idea what you don't know and sort of work to improve that. Okay. Advice that I heard, um, I can't remember who said it, but it's a lot, you'll, you'll notice a lot more of an increase of your overall scores if you improve what you don't know versus improve what you're sort of good at or good at. The, okay. in, the in, in the sense of like the, the improvement change. You'll see a bigger improvement with something you don't know and then you make it to where Wait, something you're so sort of knowing. taking that, is that to basically say you, you were... You wouldn't do random on your question blocks? No, you... definitely do random, but oh, okay. also take time to do... Just focus on what you're mm -hmm. lacking or deficient in. So okay. I ended up going through UWorld one and a half times. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't finish it. I was going to. I was so close, and I kept just like pushing it back and pushing it back. Most people... And... I think if you go online, you'll see a lot of people... And this is a pro and a con. You'll see some people on like Reddit that will talk about how they got like 80% on first pass on UWorld, and that's demoralizing... Uh, it is demoralizing. <laughs> I mean, good for them. Good for them, obviously. But And then there would be people who are like, yeah, I got through like 80%, reset it, got through 50, you know, and that's just that's just where we're at. And But you got through, you rolled one and a half times in two months? Uh, no. Uh, I started UWorld my first time around studying for CBSC. Oh, okay. So you, used, you were churning through some questions during the CBSCs and, and so... then... Gotcha. Okay. The, the first time around, I actually did more of the content-centered review. So you'd go through and be like, I'm going to look at cardio today. So all my questions are on cardio because that whole week we're studying cardio. Gotcha. And it was really, like, it was really nice to see a progress of your scores to going from low to, like, you know, somewhat decent scores. And it was like, okay, I know stuff. We're good. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. <laughs> there definitely are times... Um, when I would do the random for step, at least for step two, I felt like I would, like my my scores are stagnant. They're yes. in the 55, 60, 70, and, you know. And that's what happened when I started studying on my own and doing random, and I was all over the place. It it just it felt like I got stuck and nothing was improving. Yeah, and I think that's just really a nature of. I mean, I think we we're used to practicing something and slowly getting better at it, but like it's just like you. Have, I don't know, 3,000 questions in the Q-Bank, you just haven't seen 2,000 of them, and then you're you're getting stumped on certain ones, and they're not testing the same concept over and over again. They're testing the concept, in a, but in a different way. So I think it's just, I think that's typical for most students to, to not see, like, a linear progression, <laughs> just, like, a slow <laughs> plateau. Well, that's why, I, I don't know, I, I've... There are some people who are naturally, I think, gifted. Maybe you fall into this category where you can do questions and you can read them quickly. You can understand what they're asking and you can do them. 
And then there's people more like me who I have to study the question. Like I have to understand, to see the question, understand what they're, how they're asking the question and what they're trying to get to. And because I'm generally not going to get it right probably one third of the, at least one third of the time, <laughs> at least. <laughs> so that's fair. So were there any subjects that you would like feel like people should focus on for step one? Definitely, any- definitely not biostats. Definitely not. <laughs> I was so upset. I had my formula sheet ready. I had almost the entire thing covered of biostats, of random of random equations from UWorld. And I think I only did one, you know, question that required any sort of calculation. No, uh, no winter's formula. No, no. I was so upset. I, I spent time, like every, like, oh, two, like a week up to that test every day i would try and write out my formula questions make sure i knew them point blank without even any like like problems and i get there and i do it and then i don't even need it did they have any process improvement questions on step one i don't know like they probably have the ethical questions i'm assuming like the typical like what would you do in this situation oh yeah um and because step two, we got thrown a bunch of process improvement questions that were like... How do you mean? Um, wait time. The patients constantly complain of wait times in the clinic. Here's mm. a, um, a diagram of all the steps from patient check-in to patient check-out. Mm-hmm. This is, a, I think, a, essentially what some of the questions were. I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, give away a question or mm-hmm. anything like that. But it was like, looking at this, where would you... Where would you pull, uh, try to sh- cut down on the most amount of wasted time to expedite patient from getting mm. into the appointment, out of the appointment? And so it was like process improvement, essentially. And I was like, oh, man, I, I that was never like a part of the core rotation. Like none of the presets was like, and also on the business side of things. <laughs> no. So they, they didn't add that to step one. It wasn't necessarily, no, it wasn't necessarily the process as much uh, as as much as they just focused on normal ethics of like this is how the patient feels like how would you address this concern okay we have like ones like anchoring bias and stuff like that yeah i mean yeah well that's more like how you how you think and how issues can arise this is more along the lines of like I guess kind of like yours where, you know, patient's mad that, you know, wait time, but it's like patient's mad because of another reason. <laughs> How do you respond to them appropriately? Being difficult, yeah. Gotcha. Because yeah, you still you still see those on step two. But okay. you, you get these other process improvement ones that are just kind of, I don't know, you, you, you'll see them on New World for sure. I just wasn't sure if step one had incorporated them or not. Oh, why didn't you ask me these questions like two weeks ago? What's that? <laughs> why didn't you ask me these questions like two weeks ago? <laughs> I I I'm try like I'm really trying like I, I don't I don't know like maybe no it's it's I, I think you would <laughs> I think you would know what these questions are because they they definitely uh, stood out to a lot of people who took step two mm. so tomorrow hopefully we'll see even we're not really sure I'm I'm gonna kind of push past step one just because it we're good there uh so what. I, sometimes I do this where I, I ask in the beginning, but I'm just going to ask it now. Like, where career goals? What kind of doctor do you want to be? What, what what kind of goals do you have? Well, the the goal has been and still is 
hopefully that won't change. A pediatrician, open as much as possible to figuring out if that's actually a fit or not. I haven't done rotation yet, but life goals, I mean... Just look at the notes. Sort of, <laughs> you know. I mean, they can be different. They can be the same and they can be different. Nothing really has nothing really has changed. Like I, basically, just wherever so doors open. So so ten ten years from now, what would you what would be your goal for your ten year goal? Oh wow, ten year goals. I I have asked this when I've asked like three year or five year, and they're like in residency. I'm like okay. Well, well. I mean that's true. <laughs> uh, wherever residency is. But ten years, you should be out of residency. So <laughs> out of residency, out of whatever subspecialty, if that's a thing. Uh, I kind of want to be. I mean, it'd be awesome to be in like a small clinic. I don't want to. I, I don't want to have the responsibility of owning my own practice. Okay, so you're not. You're not the. Okay. No. <laughs> I I definitely understand that. I don't. I don't want to have to do all that stuff either. Uh, to a large extent, yeah. Okay, so but that's that's career, and I mean again, they can be the same career and life goals. I mean, I I would like to you know be settled down but i don't know what that looks settled like down. just yet like are you are you not settled down right now no I, i'm <laughs> in movements i'm moving from apartment to places and it it's it doesn't feel settled yet oh, no. okay okay i go back and forth between what does settled down look like then uh, I'm, I'm finding different ways to try to get this question out it, so settled down sort of means like i have a place and i'm not planning on moving anytime soon and there's a set routine and a set expectations of like what's going on and whatnot. Okay, okay. So, um, so you always wanted to be a pediatrician. Yes. Okay, and you like you actually like kids. Yeah. Okay. No, that, 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 I have four, I have five, four, four, and <laughs> one. I, I, we have one on the, the way. Little... You didn't notice? Oh, okay. Oh, she was sitting down, so I guess that. Um, so obviously we like kids. <laughs> Well, not every not everyone likes kids. How do you how do you handle parents? Because that's the that's the other side of pediatrics. Is like that everyone. I think most people kind of like kids to some extent, but not a lot of people really like the parents of kids. Parents are difficult, but it's it's definitely more along the lines of comforting them, making sure that they know that you're on their side in the sense of, like you're both wanting to help the kid. And that's that's easier said than done, because um, there's all sorts of parents, and then there's barriers. Like da my, my dad straight up told me, if you became a doctor right now at your age, I wouldn't trust you. You're too young. <laughs> it, that isn't that interesting though. I mean, because like, like you, a lot of people think of that. They look at the doctor and they go, okay, there's no gray hair. How smart can you be? Mm -hmm. And, and it's it's quite. It's, and if you have like you have the curse of genetics, where you always look young, then you're just <laughs> constant. Well, there was a sports med doc I worked for, and she like Norwegian. I, I think it was either Norwegian or fin Finnish, but she oh, she looked very young, and she was I think in her forties. Wow. And every a lot of patients would treat her as if she was like a brand new graduate out of medical school, and she would, that would drive her nuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in a way, like it makes sense because if, if this is your precious treasure, your your whether it's your first or your fifth, like you 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 don't want some inexperienced newbie handling your your precious treasure. Like so, it's understandable. It's frustrating, but it's understandable. Okay, so which core rotation are you? I mean, maybe pediatrics is what you're most interested in seeing, but is there one that you're I, in most interested in getting into? It would be awesome 
Like, I'm not into surgery. Not at all. Not one bit. <laughs> but surgery sounds like it'll be, it, like it'll have some cool cases. It really does. It, you're just very hands-on, and there's stuff going on with the patient. Well, no, uh, we won't necessarily be hands-on. Oh, you'll be hands-on. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, to some extent. Yeah. Depends on it. The surgeon rotations that we've had, or I had, and the people I've talked to, is they will let you do as much as you want. Mm. Like some will just let you sit in the corner if you that's all you want to do, and others will let you actually do the surgery as much as you're allowed to do. Let's and, say we're not licensed yet. <laughs> well, no, we like in my surgery. I we did one where we just removed the abscess from a patient's Whoa. chest, and, and I did Chris did the cutting. And he broke up all the adhesions, and I did the packing, and the surgeon did nothing. Should, should we be saying that? No, that's fine. I mean, it's, we have malpractice insurance. We have we have all the like. He was there supervising, and he was making. He drew the line. He's like, okay, cut here. Uh, and I actually did. We had a an abscess in ortho that we worked on, uh, and I he like drew the, like, okay, where would you want to cut this? And I drew the line. He's like, okay, great, now cut it. Oh. Well. So. <laughs> But like you see, but that's exciting. It's like, like that, that's, I not. They don't. They don't give you like total knee replacements to do. Like oh. okay, now start total knee replacement from start to finish. Let's go. Uh, like no, no, they they they're, they're not going to give you a robot to work with or anything like that. But, but it's definitely hands on. Um, I think you. I think you enjoy it. But I think surgery is its own little animal because it's not just medical knowledge. It's physical and it's doing things hand muscle memory type stuff because I've, I've heard people be like i just don't have that dexterity to deal with certain things there's that for sure and then there's i mean there's stuff that you just don't do like you don't suture or you're like you're not used to walking around holding your hands up in the air because you're you're scrubbed in you can't touch anything or you know like being so hyper aware of what you touch is not something that most people live their lives doing so moving around the OR can be a bit stressful and then having nurses or your attending ask you questions and then uh, sometimes surgeons aren't uh, as tactful as some of the medical <laughs> the medical the people. Stereotype. Yeah, there's a, definitely a stereotype and it exists for a reason <laughs> and uh, it makes for an interesting rotation for sure. So you're... Is that the one you're looking forward to, or is that the one I that think you're... that one's the one I'm going to be most excited for. Okay. But... What's the one you're least excited for? Mm, maybe OB, OBGYN, yeah. I'm, most guys would say that, but why would you say that? I just feel like that one's going to be the most awkward, whereas, like, the other ones are all pretty straight to the point, but I just, I don't, like, it's just, it's very weird. It's very you know personal. It, it, it's a very like you know it's it's an intimate dis conversation yeah. and it's just one of those things where it's like, but I'm a medical student. I'm not your doctor. We don't really have this, like, trust connect. I mean, I'm trying to establish one, but we don't really have. I this... mean, you're gonna see him once and yeah, and yet, maybe twice if you're lucky. And yet, I'm gonna be privy to everything else that you need to have help with. I just feel like it's a bit intrusive, and it's definitely going to... I don't want to say it's definitely going to be uncomfortable, but it potentially will be yeah, uncomfortable. I think it is. I mean, I had my, my OBG, my rotation was uncomfortable to some extent, but I think there's probably in every specialty, there's a certain level of uncomfortable. I mean, you, you're, you're going to go into pediatrics, but you have to stab a little baby uh, and get a... 
get the if you if you had to put like IV lines in or anything like that. And I, I ignore that part. You ignore. I may not have to. <laughs> well, do you have that to give part. all the shots. You know, like okay, well today we're doing ten shots. Well, maybe I don't have to. <laughs> maybe like, oh, I that's have... the nurse's job. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like in my head, I keep thinking, no, that nurses do a lot nowadays, and that sounds horrible. But maybe they have more experience at that, and they can make it to where that the baby or any other aged person is not that's going fair. to feel it as much. Have you been like doing any sort of mentorship of anyone that's in peds right now? Unfortunately, no. That would be okay. the smart thing to do, especially since that's what I've been pretty uh geared towards but i'm, I'm not oh, yeah. that i'm not that sorted out yet yeah. i think there's some good definitely good pediat and we have a lot of good pediatricians that we round with so i'm just going to throw the suggestion out there i know it's uh not asked for but uh if you ever want if you're going to go to pediatrics you generally need the chair letter mm. and the chair is dr das okay so if you if you get into that core rotation and you might slip in a, a request, you know, obviously no one's a request and not a demand or anything like that to Sierra or Maryland and be like, hey, Dr. Doss would be a great person. You, you're, you're, that would knock off two birds with one stone because you, you'll, you'll need to have that letter, chair letter from him to go into pediatrics, but he's also a great rotation to have because he actually takes you to the, uh, the NICU at Houston. There's a fly here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's not. It's it's a NICU in this in as much as it like they take care of babies that are very small, but not in the sense that they take care of very complicated babies. Interesting. Anything complicated goes to Navicent. <laughs> Just send all the. <laughs> well, Navicent's like the level one trauma in the area, yeah. and Houston is uh, a community hospital, so they, they see them as they come in and they they do the best they can. But like, if you have like an imperforated anus on a baby that will probably go to you know navicent they just have more of the supply not supplies but they have more of the facilities for it yeah they, they're better able to take care of those kids and which is great you know if, if someone bur- you know burps at house and they do they they keep them going and then transfer right. but but dr das is a he's a great preceptor to have if you if you get them there's a, there's a few good there's a few good ones that as well i just my experience with Dr. Das, so I would recommend Dr. Das. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so my, I guess my last question. So if you were going to talk to somebody who was going to start medical school from the very beginning, what advice would you give them? If, if you could try to not be too hard on yourself, you're going to just, just definitely go into it. Be open to things. Start, you know, your studying habits, however you feel like it, but don't be absorbed in just that. Um... I'm glad that I went to the trips that I did and I don't really regret the fact that I, you know, wasn't always in my books. I was experiencing parts of the island, but I definitely wish that maybe I switched up my studying habits a little bit early on. I kind of stayed stuck in the same routine of trying to take a ton of notes and not really doing a lot of active review or what what works is what works better better for you? I'm just curious because everyone has a different study habit that works best for them. What what did you find actually works good for you? For medical school classes, I really don't know. Um, okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> just because it just got to the point where I was still taking notes every single time we had class, and it was you know, but I would never review them. 
and I wasn't organized enough to keep the schedule to where I was doing flashcards every day or like I just wasn't sure. consistent with anything. So I kind of just lucked out with being able to scrape by the classes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but you obviously had to study for like CBSE and whatnot. That, that changed completely. I I didn't really. I that's why I had to do more questions and had to do a little bit more um, application of the material. Okay. Whereas I didn't do any of that for classes, really. Is there anything you would have liked to have done on the island differently or mm-hmm. or you felt you missed out on? or? I could always see more of the island. More, it's yeah. just How many islands did you actually go to? I only went to the ones, I think we saw, what, three with the catamaran trip? But one of which, like, we passed by Beckway. And it's like, but I have I've went to Beckway several times. It was really nice. Yeah, Beckway is awesome. It's it's that is the touristy the the uh, the place to go if you're gonna go visit. It's also one of the closest. The the ferry ride uh, my stomach does not like. Oh, you even on the big ferry, huh? Yeah. Okay. The catamaran trip, I didn't realize how much of an issue it was, but choppy seas, like already five minutes into it, I needed a bag. I'm not. The catamaran trip is uh, infamous. In my opinion, because I've heard so many partial stories, like like Thomas got hit by a boat yes, motor. Yes, it was bloody. And there was another story about running out of water within the first like few hours of the trip. Oh, but they had plenty of alcohol. Yeah, they had plenty of alcohol. Uh, I, I was going to kind of leave that to the imagination, but yeah. That, and then, then there was a mysterious phone call I got in the evening when you guys got, like the boat had landed and somebody was asking me to, because I, I had a car. And they were like, oh, can you come pick us up? So-and-so is having something going on. And they never really expanded on it. I'm like, okay, I'll go pick you up. And then I got a call like, never mind, we figured it out. <laughs> and like, I didn't understand what was going on. Why couldn't he get into the taxi? Why couldn't he get into the H-Man? Or, and so there was like a lot of mystery that was like, it, was, it felt like a, people had a lot of fun. But it was like, we don't talk about the catamaran trip. I think that's partly just because... It was it was a lot of sun, it was a lot of people, and it's like, a huge catamarans too. Right? It was amazing, huge. That I don't even know how many people that end up, you know, signing up to go on that trip. But you had all sorts of groups, and you had people dancing. You had people that were just chilling on the boat. You had people that would jump off and they'd go swimming, because uh, they would have parts where you could just you know swim and play around and uh, oh, okay. you know see places and. I think I ended up collecting, like, you know, looking at shells and other wildlife that was um, on one of the islands because they had these little crabs that were really cool. Um, you didn't get enough of the crabs that were. Wait, you lived on. You lived on. Um, I lived the on main campus. campus. I didn't get to see any oh, of I, the Every crabs. time I go to Kanash, like there's little crabs all over the place. <laughs> are, there's, are, are they littler than that? Mm, like, okay, the smaller than that. You know, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I didn't live at Kanash. I didn't really get to see a lot of the beach. And so to me, to be surrounded by the beach is awesome. Oh, okay. Okay. So would that be something you would change? Live at Kanash? Sure. I would <laughs> stay at... <laughs> well, we a different, like, there's like Thomas and Kanash. Anywhere that's closer to the beach. I think okay. if I got, I think what potentially would have helped separate school and studying was if I actually did go live closer to the beach instead of try and stay in study mode and then potentially get sick and tired of studying fair enough all right well thank you i appreciate you taking the time and thank you for having me
Hey, thank you for listening to this episode and with Gabrielle Rupert. I wanted to, again, thank her for the uh, time that she spent and hope you guys enjoyed listening to her story and her journey as much as I had enjoyed uh, doing that and interviewing her. I uh, hope to have, of course, more interviews in the future with other students, kind of highlighting just the kind of the unique background of many of our students here at Trinity and all the different ways people kind of journey and get into medicine. Um, so this week, uh, I'm, of course, traveling a little bit, uh, doing some interviews and at my away rotation. So that's why we have a, a special recorded episode uh, and I'm hoping to do go back to live maybe next week. Um but if you want to follow us on MedFamilyMD on Instagram, that is our kind of social media uh, apparatus that Karen is watching over and answering any questions that people send in. And of course, if you want to follow our podcast on MedFamily, on, sorry, MedFamily Podcast on Sp- Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, any place you typically find podcasts, you should be able to find our podcast there as well. So I uh, appreciate you guys listening, and we will have more episodes in the future. Thanks. Bye.